This program is brought to you by A to B Media Partners. Be sure to listen to the After Two Beers podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. Also, make sure to visit www.aftertwobeers.com. Welcome to the After Two Beers interview session. I'm Dutch Dalton. And on this week's episode, we have a very talented and one of the most honest and real human beings I've ever heard speak. He's been on television for over a decade. You've seen him on film. He's been in comedy specials, and he's the co-host of the Spears and Steinberg podcast. He's Mr. Aries Spears. Aries, welcome to After Two Beers. Thank you. Based on an introduction, you're already sucking me in from one time. <laughs> well, you, you know, know how to stroke the bear. That's right, buddy. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of guests that are on our show, and a fair amount of them are comedians. But the age you started, even at national levels, to me, is exceptional. Tell us about appearing on the Def Comedy Jam at only 16 years old. Well, you know, it's funny. Before Def Jam had exploded, uh, and I said this on my podcast, um, you know, television and movies had only allowed one Negro. Well, first of all, let me ask you this. What, what's the language barrier like? Can I curse? You can drop as many F-bombs as you would like. Oh, shit. Here the <laughs> fuck we go. <laughs> okay, so let me back up. Um, before the explosion of Def Jam, Hollywood only really allowed one nigger per decade. So you had Red Fox in the 60s, you had Richard Pryor in the 70s, you had Eddie Murphy in the 80s, and then Def Jam happened, which was the explosion of the 90s, plus Chris Rock was coming into his own. So I'm saying all that to say, you know, Russell Simmons gets the credit for Def Jam, and he was the guy that signed the checks. But the real guy who deserves the credit, the credit is a guy named Bob Sumner. And coming up in New Jersey and New York and doing what was called back then the Chitlin Circuit, you had certain black clubs that comedians did. Tribeca, Indigo Blues, Club 88, uh, in East Orange, the Peppermint Lounge. So uh, Bob Sumner, Sumner was really the guy responsible for giving a lot of the black comics their first start, who we all know today. Steve Harvey, Eddie Griffin, uh, Chris Tucker, et cetera, et cetera. So um, coming up in that era was a cool era because we got introduced to mainstream America. Uh, so, yeah, there it is. That's awesome. You know what? I th- And it's going to sound silly because I thought some of the impressions you did was amazing. But my absolute favorite part of that entire performance is at the end you dedicated it to your mother. Yes. I think that's very cool, buddy. Yeah, well, you know, my mom, my mom kind of got me into it because, uh, you know, I always knew I wanted to be famous. <clears throat> I just didn't know how I was going to go about it. Yeah. So uh, I, I kept getting expelled and kicked out of school for being funny. And I thought I wanted to be the next Mike Tyson. I thought I wanted to be the next kid in play. <laughs> uh, but none of that really suited me. Right. And because and because I'm a fat nigga with no discipline, <laughs> I couldn't be a boxer. <laughs> but I was always funny. So because my mom is a jazz singer and a blues singer and, uh, you know, back in the 80s, she used to tour with Lionel Hampton, a great jazz pioneer from back in the day. And she performed at the White House and she performed in in front of President Reagan because he has a picture of it. So she kind of was like my Joe Jackson without the abuse. That's very cool, though. And she pushed me into that direction. Yeah, it's it's not not to go off subject here, but. um... We're actually on the Star Jeanette board here in Richmond, Indiana, and it was the birthplace of recorded jazz. 
So much so right. that Louis Armstrong recorded his first ever solo here in Richmond. Well, speaking of Louis Armstrong, he was my first impression. Really? Like I do all I do all these impressions. Oh but, yeah. And, and and I know because whenever my mother and father would would send me out to the store uh, to go get uh, ice cream and Pepsi, <laughs> that's when they would take the opportunity to fuck. And I knew they were fucking <laughs> because when I came home, I heard Louis Armstrong playing, and they would turn the volume <laughs> way up. So when I heard potato and tomato, you say tomato, <laughs> I knew I knew Dad was getting it in. Right, that's that was their hanging the sock on the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Louis on Satchmo. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, we're speaking to Aries Spears. He'll be at the Helium Comedy Club on Friday, October twenty fifth at seven thirty and ten. Saturday, October twenty sixth, seven thirty and ten. And Sunday, October 27th at 7. Now, I heard that Eddie Murphy was a big inspiration for you. What was, yeah. what was the moment that you remember thinking, this guy has given me the direction that I want to go? Probably after I saw uh, 48 Hours in Trading Places. Uh, you know, I read, I read way later on in life that, uh, you know, his birthday is April 3rd, as is mine. He's an Aries, as am I. So, you know, that all served as later motivation. But, you know, I grew up, I'm an 80s baby, so I grew up watching him on SNL with Joe Piscopo, which is funny because a couple of weeks ago I was in New York and I did Joe Piscopo's radio show, a Sirius XM, and I told Joe Piscopo how crazy it was for him to be interviewing me, knowing that I watched him with his famous Frank Sinatra impression <laughs> along with Eddie Murphy. That is so cool. Eddie Murphy for me, you know, I'm a, you know, just a white guy from Indiana, but I love Def Comedy Jam and I grew up watching BET's Comic View and and Eddie Murphy to me really pulled some of that 80s SNL cast. Yeah. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Now, one of the, Eddie's greatest gifts as as a comedian was as an impressionist. And I'm telling you right now, Aries, you haven't at least matched Eddie. I would be very upset with not thinking that you have because you're a phenomenal impressionist. Which, well, thank you, sir. Oh, absolutely. Who is your favorite impression that you've done or, or um, what's the one that, um, that really stands out to you the most? You know, I'm like a black mother in the ghetto with a thousand kids on welfare. <laughs> I love all my babies. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's always, it's always fun <clears throat> when you do a new one because it's like giving birth to a new child. So anytime you do a new one, uh, that's always fun. And one of my newest ones uh, is Paul Mooney. Yes. Uh, and again, not just because, and I always say the great mark of a, a great impression is, is not just the ability to do the voice, but to actually say things they would say. Right. So when I hone in on Paul Mooney, I don't just do the voice. I like to do things where people go, that's some shit Paul would actually say. <laughs> A lot of people got the introduction, myself included, to Paul Mooney through the Dave Chappelle show. And I loved how they let him be himself on that show. Right. And and you know what? That's unfortunate because Paul's history in comedy is so much deeper right. than the Chappelle show, which was, you know, when you think about it, rather recent. Paul's been around since forever, since the young Richard Pryor days. But because of his style of comedy and his and his amount of truth and realness and rawness, uh, Hollywood kind of shunned him and kind of blackballed him because uh, they don't like niggas that tell the truth. Well, can I ask, I mean, that's been one of the things that I think you've done really, really well is you're open and honest about everything. I mean, there's which, which is the reason why my career is so flourishing. 
<laughs> well, that's what I wanted to add. I mean, you actually have had a phenomenal career. You know, if you look at, you know, Mad TV and, and some of the films that you've been in. But do you feel like by the fact that you have been real that it has held you back? Absolutely. I've, I've, had, I've had a respectable career from the people that know comedy uh, and from the fans that aren't Hollywood. I've had a respectable career. How profitable my career has been, how flourishing, how, how in terms of being in flashes and lights and big names and billboards, nah, not even close. Yeah. And, and do you think it's because you're outspoken or do you think it's because you're a person of color or both? Are you kidding me? That when you make the jambalaya, all the ingredients count. Yeah. I'm a, la- I'm a, I'm a loud, aggressive nigga from New York, and I'm honest. And, and a lot of times that gets taken for cocky, arrogant, and angry. Right. No, I, you know, I, I can only imagine, you know, and, and, uh, I, but see, to me, that's what makes you, you is I can't imagine you trying to just say what you have to say to get by. And, but I think I see that in some of your impressions as well. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, check back with me in two years. And if I have problems paying this fucking mortgage and this child support, I'm going to put on my tap shoes and get my Bojangles on. <laughs> Buddy, I'm telling you right now, I'd sell out to do anything I could to make money on this show. Yeah, you know how it goes. <laughs> right, I got to pay bills at the end of the day. That was one of my favorite stories that I heard about. It was when Flavor Flav, they did the roast, and he basically was talking about how he was getting made fun of the whole time, and they were doing Cat, Will- Cat, Cat Williams. Williams. Fuck what they think about me. Yeah, yeah boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then that was the moment I realized, you know what? Flavor Flav might have been the smartest person in the room. Listen, man, one of my favorite comedians, God rest his soul, is uh, Patrice O'Neill. Yes. And anybody and anybody that knows anything about comedy and knows about Patrice, he was a god amongst men. Um, but he, too, was brash and honest. And he had a very fuck you very much attitude. And in this game, that's a detriment. No, it is. I mean, you can't ruffle feathers. And, and still want to be on television or be in the movies or things like that because we live in such a PC society today that you make one slip. And... Ain't it moist? Ain't it moist? <laughs> it's such a moist time right now. Oh, you... Dude, I, I got a new joke I've been working on where I actually saw a commercial for a product called Think, which was women's panties that absorbed their periods. And in the commercial, they got men wearing tampons with strings hanging out of their ass. God, it's such an awful time to be a man. <laughs> Where the fuck is Charles Bronson when you need him? <laughs> or John Wayne. <laughs> or Chuck Norris, goddammit. <laughs> uh, we're speaking to Aries Spears. He'll be at the Helium Comedy Club on Friday, October 25th at 7.30 and 10. Saturday, October 26th, 7.30 and 10. And Sunday, October 27th at 7. Aries, of all the impressions that you've done, has there ever been one that's gotten you in trouble or someone that's been pissed off at your impression? Yes, when I impersonate myself. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, my, 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 my natural thoughts and my natural speaking has gotten me in more trouble than any impression I've ever done. Well, you, they, you, it's probably true. <laughs> you would know better than I. Mm. We had um, Kyle Kinane on the show, and I made a comment about how... <laughs> The premium networks like Hulu and Netflix are opening up opportunities for individuals that may have not been seen to do comedy specials. But he made the comment then that even as a white guy, 
that's not the demographic they're looking for all the time now on Netflix. Yet you still don't see a lot of persons of color getting Netflix specials either. Do you still feel that, you know, just because that you are not a white man or a white female, that you still are struggling to get the things that you deserve or the opportunities that you deserve? You tell me, white guy. I, I'm telling you, I know it. But, okay, you're, you're the official stamp of approval. You're the FDA. <laughs> well, I'm, that's honestly one of my biggest problems, I think, right now with Netflix and things like that. And, you know, Russell Simmons went through the issues that he had with, you know, the Me Too moments and all those kinds of things. But he did open up a lot of barriers for people. And Absolutely. You know, and, and even for white people, you know, you're talking to a guy that loved the Beastie Boys. And if it wasn't for Russell Simmons, I don't know that the Beastie Boys would have been as big as they are. Exactly. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very delicate time we live in. And, and, I, and I love that there's this hypocrisy that America is supposed to be so freedom of speech, open and honesty. We welcome your ability to want to say and do anything. That's what America was founded off of. You can do whatever you want here. This is the land of milk and honey and fulfill your dreams. But there's a, you know, there's an asterisk and a clause in the contract that people don't see, which is you can't say what you want to say. You can't do what you want to do because if you do, it comes with repercussions. So what are we? What are we doing? Right. Is it really about freedom of speech? Is it really about the ability to live your dreams fully without prosecution? No, it's not. I, I agree. You know, and the thing for me is I feel like it's alt on both the left and the right. It's not unique to just Democrats or Republicans. It's a it's a select number of people that get pissed off about little things, and the majority of us suffer for it. Because a lot of the things, like I, I look at Dave Chappelle's last comedy special as an example. I thought it was phenomenal, and I thought absolutely he touched on subjects that it, actually my girlfriend had to leave the room. She got so upset by it, and to me, yes, that's your girlfriend. Yes, don't marry her. You, you're <laughs> going to be in for a hell of a divorce. <laughs> well, if she already, can't handle if she can't handle jokes, <laughs> nigga, you about to pay half. <laughs> I've already done it once. Jokes on her. She's only getting a quarter now. Okay, <laughs> but no, that's the thing is. You sit and you watch this, and I think that's when you go back to the you know the beginnings of stand up with Lenny Bruce, and and Carlin and Richard Pryor, people that push the subjects of things that you weren't supposed to talk about, and they're considered some of the pioneers in in stand up comedy. But you look at a guy like Lenny Bruce, the establishment did everything they could to keep him down, right? Because they don't like to look back on themselves and realize that they're causing some of the problems. Yeah, yes, yeah. self self evaluation. And looking in the mirror is one of the toughest things to do, which is why on my podcast, if you listen to it, I'm so openly and overly honest about who I am and what I am and what my mistakes are and trying to correct all of that to get to a place where I'm acceptable, not necessarily to society's standpoint, but to my own, which is hard enough because, you know, we all make the same mistakes. We all sin. We all do shit we shouldn't do. Have kids out of wedlock cheat on our spouse, uh, you know, do drugs and, and, and do shit just to get by. And it's hard enough to get by in life being sober. And, and when you do things you ain't supposed to do, yeah, it's fucked up and it's wrong, but that's how tough life is. Where sometimes you got to look for shit just to get by. So if my ability to make you laugh or make you think or challenges you, changes you in any way to get better, well, then fuck it. Mazel tov. 
Absolutely. You know, take it for what it is. Absolutely. We had TJ Miller on the show, and he said the exact same thing, which was— Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I remember when, 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 they, when, when the accusation came up that he supposedly sexually assaulted or did something foul to a woman. And listen, we all know that, you know, women, women's rights should be protected. You know, at all costs, a woman should be respected. Her decision to say no should be valid at all times. Respect women, protect women. They deserve that. They're human beings. But I also say due process. When he was accused of that, they took his show off of Comedy Central and was ready to bury him without due process. And I I think that's unfortunate and unfair. One of my favorite shows is Real Time with Bill Maher. I love that show. And he had Chelsea Handler on. And she made the statement where she goes, women should always be believed, no matter what. We need to believe women. And that's a very reckless and careless and dangerous comment. We should listen to women at all times. But without due process, we shouldn't automatically believe. Because if we automatically believe without due process, that man is convicted. Right. And if he's innocent, he's lost a job. He's lost an opportunity. He's lost the ability to take care of his family. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Due process first. Always listen. Listen to a woman when she makes the claim. That's important. Never dismiss. But let's have due process. Well, I can tell you right now, my girlfriend may not like Chappelle's new show, but she just loved that comment, buddy. You know what, Aries, you're a good guy. And... Please tell Hollywood. <laughs> I absolutely they think, will. They think, they, think, they think I'm Nat Turner, and I'm this angry nigga looking to slit baby, white babies' throats. No, nah, but you know what? You are, you're a person that when people point the finger, you hold the mirror up, and it freaks people out because then they see themselves, and people don't like to see themselves. Exactly. Well, Mr. Spears, you will be at the Helium Comedy Club on Friday, October 25th, 7.30 and 10. Saturday, October 26th, 7.30 and 10. Sunday, October 27th at 7. Now, you do a lot of stand-ups. You do a lot of impressions. What can people expect when they come to one of your comedy shows? Uh, Uncut cocaine. (laughs) Pure, uncut Bolivian cocaine. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't sugarcoat. I don't dance around. I don't play this bullshit, moist, political correct game. I'm like Shaq in his prime. I go hard in the paint. I like I'm going to dunk on you. I'm going to give you real. I'm going to give you raw, unprotected comedy. You might catch an STD. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's going to make people not want to come, but I think they should anyways. But uh, it's been an absolute pleasure for us. I think what you do is, is really, really talented. You know, aside from your impressions, like I said, the ability just to be upfront and honest and knowing that it's probably going to hurt your career, but you still do it gives you nothing but respect for me. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, if you want more of this unfiltered rawness, uh, download the podcast. It's free. It's called Spears and Steinberg, a.k.a. The Jew and the Jerk. It's available (laughs) on all streaming platforms, Amazon, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, Google Play and Spearsburg.com. All new episodes every Wednesday. Follow me on Twitter, on uh, on Instagram, Aries Spears, Patreon, Aries Spears, and uh, get free cameo shout-outs, Aries Spears. That's awesome, buddy. Good luck to you, man. Hope you have a great weekend. 
And uh, we look forward to seeing you more on television and in the film. Thank you, brother. All right. See you, Aries. My man. Oh!